Oh, it's so good to have the choir back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You look great, you sound great. <laughs> Don't you just love the feeling of understanding, enlightenment, aha? You know that feeling of, oh, I get it. It finally totally makes perfect sense. It's those light bulb moments of awareness and knowledge understood. It's that ultimate grasping of a concept or an idea or a theory that leaves that feeling of wonderful gratification that something makes sense. And when all of that comes together, whether in the classroom as a student or just in the midst of living life, there is satisfaction that brings a sense of calm to the chaos. And when the aha happens quickly and simply, even better. Because high on our list of what we value is understanding. We like for things to make sense. And let's face it, there's a lot in our world and in our lives that just doesn't make any sense at all. So much is beyond our ability to grasp. So much is out of our reach in our understanding. So much is so unknown. As many advances that have been made in science, more still unknown than known. Space exploration, artificial intelligence. I heard a doctor say one time that there's a reason it's called practicing medicine. We place a lot more on doctors than they can possibly know. They're just practicing. There's so much yet to be learned about so many things. Diplomacy, justice, economics. Math. I wish Tom were sitting here so I could look at him. He's online, though. Math. I'll give you one exa example. I just don't understand how there's more than enough food and so many in our world are starving. I just don't understand that. When you think about it, it doesn't make sense at all, and it's really maddening. Is it greed? Is it mismanagement? Is it apathy? When we need for something to make sense, we often shift to easy answers. And often those easy answers tend to take us to a place of blaming someone else. Well, you know, their governments are so corrupt. That's why they're starving over there. Or the people that are hungry here, well, a lot of them are just lazy. That's why. I'm going somewhere with this. Just wait and see. Here's where I'm going. We want to understand God. That might even be a part of why you're here today. We want faith to make sense. We need for it to be simple, please, and with easy answers, if possible. And so we go to great lengths to find satisfaction in explanations like, well, you know, everything happens for a reason. God knows. I personally find that one to be the most unhelpful 
in ways of trying to explain or understand God. But then there's Joseph today, offering reasons and excuses and justifications to try to make sense out of things that don't make sense, like his whole life didn't make sense. So his response to that is, God sent me before you to preserve life, so it was not you, brothers, who sent me here. It was God. And that makes sense for some people. For others, they stop long enough to think, I'm not so sure that's the kind of God with whom I want to be in relationship. What makes sense for some repels others. So it's not just science and economics and justice where there's still more unknown than known. Religion, God, spirituality, the sacred, the other, the divine. There's more unknown than known and often more misunderstood than understanding about God. And that's why a lot of people are not here today or anywhere in church because they fear that they would get just another church offering of easy answers for a complicated and complex God. And that's not really helpful. How does God work in this world? What's next? Who is God and where is God and why... Who do I believe about who God is and how God acts? These can be pretty scary questions to ask when we're all clamoring for understanding and for something to make sense about God. Much like that doctor who talked about practicing medicine, I like to say that's why it's called faith, not fact. On top of the long list of things we cannot ever fully understand is God. In today's text, I hear Joseph trying to make sense of why do bad things happen to good people? And instead of dealing on all of the why me's that he could offer, he instead focuses on explanations that make sense to him. Womanist biblical scholar Will Gaffney says of this text, Joseph does what so many people do, which is try to make sense out of what he has experienced by drawing on his own limited understanding of God. She notes that the focus on Joseph, his perceptions, his experiences in the narrative, is a reminder that biblical literature, like All literature has its own perspectives and biases. The text is not interested in the well-being of any of Pharaoh's other slaves and indeed has reported on Pharaoh's practices of imprisoning, freeing, and executing them at will just five chapters earlier. If God was responsible For the outcome of the one slave, Joseph, well, God, what about all the other slaves? It's kind of like people that say God spared their home in the tornado. 
They prayed hard and the wind did not blow it over. Do they not hear what that sounds like to all of those whose homes were blown to smithereens one street over? It's our insatiable desire to make sense of all that sometimes causes us to offer explanations that actually make things worse instead of better. I want to encourage us to make a shift in our thinking if you're one that likes to make sense of God. Which, like, I'm in the business of that, trying to make sense of God. I want us to make a shift in our thinking, and instead of trying to make sense of God, I want us to try to make meaning and be willing to lean into mystery that faith provides. Learning to be comfortable with mystery takes work, and it takes practice. We like answers, we like solutions, we like quick fixes, way more than making meaning out of something. We want it all to make sense more than we want it to make than we want to make meaning. I have come to believe that making sense of God is too tall of an order for faith. But make meaning That is a worthy task. There was a blogger that posed the story of our text today this way. He writes, Joseph is able to look upon the hardest days of his life and see the hand of God working for himself and all of God's people. He's able to look upon the awful experience of being forsaken by family, sold as a slave, and subsequently exploited and plunged into jail as God moving mightily to save God's people and all the people of that corner of the world from famine. Personally, he writes, my first thought would have been to ask God, wasn't there an easier way? Like, couldn't we have postponed the famine? Or have Joseph send his resume, resume to Pharaoh after he had his troubling dreams? Did it really take all of that? And yet, what the story of Joseph exemplifies is the notion that God does not promise to, make, to take away all possibility of pain and discomfort. But rather, God promises to be with us through it all. God promises to make great things happen, but not all great things come easily. No matter who or what intends harm, God always, always, always intends good. So stop trying to make sense of it all. And lean into the mystery that is God. May it be so. Amen.